It's time for another episode of Off the Record, On the Rocks. Join Michael Toner and Ankarina Lara and break down the latest news on all things crypto, metaverse, and Web3, filtering out noise and connecting dots as we pour ourselves into the future. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Off the Record on the Rocks with my good friend, Mr. Ankarina Lara, pouring ourselves into the future. How are you doing, sir? I feel like I am three days, maybe three and a half days into the future since the Apple Pro Reality Pro announcement on Monday. In fact, I, I feel like I, I've become an augmented version of myself, just learning about all the new things that are coming down the road. It feels exciting. Welcome to our new immersive world. There is nobody breaking through more this week than Tim Cook and Apple coming out of Cupertino, WWDC, the big announcement of uh, Apple Vision Pro. Uh, one thing right off the top is I've been struggling all week because I had read all of the filings. We've talked about the trademarks. The reality OS is what I thought it was going to be called, and I've been struggling all week that it is not Apple reality. It is in fact Apple Vision and Vision OS uh, bringing Apple straight into the metaverse, bringing, and, and I think that's where we need to start all the noise that Tim was able to make this week. Um, everybody feeling, I think, really bullish on this new headset. It's not perfect. People calling it this iPhone moment, version one. Um, I got a lot of takeaways from the event itself, language that they used, words that they purposefully didn't use, things that they showed during the keynote that they didn't have a lot of 3D kind of gaming type things, but they were showing a lot of 2D screens. What's your take? Uh, are you looking forward to 2024 and, and getting your, uh, your Apple Vision goggles for, for, for Christmas? Yeah, I mean, look, there's like three kind of big things that stick out to me, like you were saying. Number one, listening for the verbiage, the language. We talk a lot about the narratives that are told in our spaces, the narratives that are stolen, the ones that are obfuscated, the ones that are, you know, borrowed. There's always people, always companies trying to own terms, take them for their own. And Apple, as we've been following for decades now, is really, really good, and they got us again at us thinking what we is going to be called, what the product will be named, and then, of course, having it be something a little adjacent to that and maybe not what we thought, but then somehow it starts to make sense over time. So the fact that it's called vision and not reality, I thought was really interesting, especially considering that just listening for the word reality, whether it's virtual or augmented or all those kind of keywords, hearing that would have been interesting and nice, but, of course, they didn't say it once, right? Yeah. I was even asking you before the show, like, did they even say the word artificial intelligence, much, le much less AI? So my number one thing is, compared to everyone else who's running around screaming their head off, Mr. Zuckerberg, about the metaverse and about virtual reality and about hardware that you hold in your hands and what you do in the thing, like, all of that on-the-nose obviousness, the stuff that comes out of Google, stuff that comes out of... Literally everyone but Apple is about these buzzwords that we say and love. But they didn't say it once. They just said expansive worlds. Right. They said things like vision, uh, et cetera. You know, so I'll just say my number one and throw it back to you. But my number one was like, am I going to hear them say buzzwords? And the answer was no. no. They just started owning their own new storyline. They started That's creating what... new worlds, you know, right That's in right. front of us during the event. I mean, yeah, a couple of hot takes. Uh 
he Tim got to the one more thing. We were in you know I think an hour and a half into the keynote. Uh, they've gone through all of the new op- all the new chips, all the new updates, some weird little gadgets like the little <laughs> nightstand thing uh, that I didn't see coming. And and then he got to the one more thing, which I think also shows that when they're going to get into the hardware business, Apple is a hardware company. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna go big, and that's why that one more thing and Steve Jobs really you know coining that to then spend the next hour going through uh, not saying the word metaverse, uh, calling them immersive worlds, never using AI or artificial intelligence, but instead relying on neural engine. So anytime mm-hmm. they were referencing this sort of or machine learning, so I, if you went back and count, I'm sure somebody has uh, neural engine and machine learning were the synonyms for AI and immersive worlds, uh, 3D, they use 3D a lot instead of talking about metaverse uh, or even augmented reality, which from my perspective, dealing in the 3D and AR space, I I sort of expected that they were gonna go down more of an AR path because I I sort of feel like that's, that's almost a term that I think they could own and brand, which is maybe also why I thought they were going with reality OS. One little, uh, I started following a bunch of Apple developers on Twitter uh, who were sharing, you know, it's a developer conference. You and I have talked about this. People mm-hmm. forget it. it seems like a media spectacle, but it's truly a developer conference. And so there are a lot of breakout sessions, little rooms where people have got their laptops and they're they're literally in Xcode and in Swift and looking at these these, you know, to build and code and deploy new solutions. And somebody on Twitter pointed out that some of those sessions were pre-recorded with the Apple developers. And there is a video recorded session with the Apple developer uh, in a real a short snippet that nobody caught where they did call it reality OS. And the, mm. the tweet the guy called out, I have to send it to you to find it again because mm-hmm. it was in passing when I saw it. Uh, but the, the guy called out, he was like, I wonder if it was a game time last minute decision because if they had recorded all of this stuff and all this packaging, they either had to go back through it, edit it, dub over it, whatever they had to do, they missed one uh, and somebody caught it, which means to me at some point, those filings, the calling it of reality, regardless, I think vision actually ends up working when they think about, we, we talked about like, what is it they want to own? If, if fine, Zuck, you want to own meta? You want to spend billions, rebrand your company? You want to own the metaverse? Great, we're going to own reality. Or in this case, now we're going to own vision. We're just going to own whatever it is you see. And in some ways, too, I feel like that's also a little bit of a tipping of the hand of showing the cards because it's like, well, we already own your face. And now with oh, let's this, talk about this new device, which happens to look like, as we know, everyone's who's seen it, looks like a pretty cool modern version of like a ski goggle sort of design. Um, well, that can't own your face right? That has to just own your vision, your eyes. Yeah. And so I feel like now we're moving towards, you know, are we going to start having vision time calls probably or 3d time? Because one of the talk of like, well, we're going to have this opportunity to connect with your relatives in FaceTime but using the continuity camera and the blah, 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 awareness and all the things that they are their words. We're going to make it. So you're sitting next to your grandmother virtually and you're talking to one another. So as I started thinking about that, I'm like, huh, it suddenly does start to talk just about what it is you can see, or maybe we should say what you think you can see. That's why the vision OS is just so already ready for reality and non-reality and augmented reality and virtual reality because all those things together 
or only work if you can see, if you have vision. So one thing I think that caught a lot of people's attention, but maybe I want to dig in a little bit with you here, is that when you have it on, the nice little dial on the side that you're spinning, kind of Apple Watch-esque, to control the level of immersion. So you can have it set to kind of a medium uh, immersion where I could see if somebody entered the room, if I've got my headset on and I'm watching a video and somebody enters the room, sort of the, the pass-through element, the camera's mm. on the outside now passing through this person, this likeness, and then on the front of the goggles, it is now going to be, it's not an actual translucent screen, mm -hmm. but it, on the front of it, as though it were a phone screen to the other person, is going to be this depiction of your eyes so when you saw a lot of the uh the marketing material that was on the, the on the keynote on the videos that they were playing i really kind of another a little bit of an aside here but i have a uh uh I, I feel the pain of the marketers at apple trying to show what is now a video of a person watching a video inside of a world, inside of a world, like the number of, of walls and layers that they had to disintermediate <laughs> to try to show the person with the thing on, right? Because now I'm the viewer watching this guy with his headset on, but I can see what he's seeing from a marketing perspective. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of <clears throat> like, you, you really have to feel the pain of what they were trying to explain anyway. It's going to put your face on these goggles. You're going to be able to see the eyes. Kind of freaky. Also, when you talk about FaceTime, two things here. Optic ID, scanning your retinas, knowing that it's you. The privacy narrative came through loud and clear. Almost like uh, they were so confident about their privacy that they almost didn't need to tout it as much as I thought in my prediction from last episode that they were going to. It's mm -hmm. almost like they, they just – I say rested on their laurels. That's not what I mean, but they're so confident in their – they've pushed the privacy branding enough that they pushed on Optic ID. And I, I don't think anybody talked about what you and I have talked about, which is Optic ID meet Apple Pay. And now I not only do I own your vision, I own everything you look at. And the other one I, I said to you was they <laughs> said that everything you look at will be private. What you look at will be kept private and i was like oh oh yeah what i look at not what i'm browsing like my internet history but like what i'm looking at in the room <laughs> which direction who in the room i'm looking at who am i making eye contact with like oh that's crazy so optic id privacy this face on the front of the screen it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, and you said a number of things there. Like my, so my, my second, my first thing is the verbiage of the jargon. Like they were very, very careful, except, and I didn't know about that. Yeah, I'll have to find about it. that one OS slip, which I love because you know there's always those last minute things. They're always testing temperature, trying to figure stuff out. So I love that that happened. But the second thing is about that, the goggles and now owning your eyes. So an analogy that I'll make is that the Meta, where Meta and Facebook really and Zuckerberg just don't I believe get it is their version of the and we might have made this analogy last time but their version of the metaverse is really like a solar system if I could use an analogy that we kind of understand where there's a sun in the middle which is the metaverse and there are these plants that are orbiting it which are maybe thematic right you might have your sports over here and your games over here and your whatever but it's all 
effectively just circling around the center of the metaverse, which is controlled and run by Facebook and this VR experience of Quest. But when, when you talk about the privacy of like, well, what I look at via my Vision Pros, as they're called today, whatever they end up being called in the future, if it ends up becoming some new name or whatever, but notwithstanding is it's private. It's, it's my own world. I'm creating my own virtual augmented pass-through picket version of my experience that's private to me. So instead of all of us checking in like Ready Player One to the Oasis where we all together live in the solar system, I think of it more like a constellation of stars that the entire patchwork of space is going to be these, these little stars that are twinkling that are each of our own little immersive world. And I can reveal as much as I would like in, in you know, an effort to promote, create, share my immersive world. But by default, it's just for me. And it isn't this quote unquote social network experience, which is going to be really hard for Meta to get out from under since that is what they're born and bred from and not from hardware and from yeah. least thinking about the ecosystem as its own controlled thing. So that to me was a big second one. And what you just described about the eyes too, you know, the fact that it's not really your eyes, right? It's, it's a, it's a visualization of your eyes. Well, then I started thinking about all the stuff you can do where, well, yeah, today it's your eyes, but tomorrow maybe I'll wear your eyes or maybe I'll wear the eyes of my favorite character from that show. Or maybe I will just have, a blinking emoji of a little laughing face because I'm at a graduation party and I'm in the audience. I just want to show applause without making any sound because I have just clapping hands in my eyes in front of my goggles. Like I can now start to broadcast how I'm what feeling. I'm doing. Right. Or maybe like an Iron Man when, you know, when Tony Stark asked Jarvis or Jar I guess he's flying around, get taking damage. And Jarvis says something like, Tony, you have 8% power. And we're blah, blah, blah. And your heart rate's accelerating. And you seem anxious. And you're sweaty. And there's all these things that Jarvis is telling Tony to stop doing because he's going to blow up his Iron Man suit. And I'm imagining, you know, we're there, sitting there. And you're hearing your voice. You know, your, your, your internal Siri. Michael, your temperature is rising. Body and brain temperature. You're feeling faint. Take a Are breath. Are you excited? You need yeah. to breathe. Like, we're going to have that little voice on your shoulder. Actually, a voice in your head now. Telling you what to do. Look, so, yeah, that that emotional big. feeling. So, so I talked about the marketing having pain. You're talking about it's not your real face that's on the screen, but people. So when they talked about FaceTime, let's go to the experiences like of what yeah. they were trying to roll out. So a lot of what they showed on those videos was 2D environments, comfortable, uh, familiar. I heard that word of like mm -hmm. when you put this on, it will be a familiar interface to you. And right, you're looking at the apps, and it's the same app. That first strong visual that they put out, I showed it to my kids. And my kids got it. Like it's like the photos app. Like I know that icon, right? I know what that one looks like. And now I'm just seeing it kind of floating there in my living room. Cool. I look at it, I click it, and there's all my photos. They are educating a mass market. This is how you get to mass market adoption is you must teach and educate millions, billions of users, people who are thankfully already familiar with their UI and their interface. So they showed a lot of 2D familiar interfaces in the videos. There was not a lot of full immersion a little bit, but one of the other things that I think you may have started to pick up on there is when you put that headset on and I wanna FaceTime my grandma, I can no, I'm no longer holding my arm out with a camera that can see my whole body. 
So now what Apple is doing is using, quote, machine learning mm -hmm. to create a digital persona, a digital avatar. It looks like you to the other person, but it is not a full portrait camera the way I FaceTime my family today. It is a digital representation and something that I pointed out, I think I, I put this on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, but one of the uh, things that Apple always teases, if you go into some of the accessibility tools mm -hmm. and they were talking about um, one of the accessibility tools to be able to train the voice. This was like a couple of weeks ago. This was pre WWDC, which is interesting because I didn't hear them talk about it at WWDC, but for somebody who, uh, uh, wants to train their voice and i guess this is for people who are who are losing their voice or losing their hearing or losing the ability to speak I, I, again i'll have to send this to you you can record it'll train it they're they're teasing it as an accessibility thing but now i put these two things together and apple is going straight down this machine learning neural engine path where i'm going to have a digital persona and an avatar that represents me that is authentically me that can be optically ID'd as me and and I can show that persona and share that with it, whomever I want whether I'm actually there or not you know what I mean like, yeah yeah it's like it reminds me of the Val Kilmer kind of the new Top Gun Maverick where he doesn't really have the ability to speak anymore because of, of what he's endured but with the right voice training of all of the sound files that exist of Val Kilmer in this case doing the voice of Iceman who is sort of like the frenemy of you know Maverick if you guys know Top Gun um, that allows you to do that and of course it wasn't considered in this announcement because this is all about eyes right now you're yeah. talking about mouth, mouth and vocal cords and so when I think about the, the furthering of this now I'm saying okay well I can have a conversation in this FaceTime 3D environment with you but maybe I want to have that conversation with you and me when we were half of our age. Could we, via all of the photos and all the videos that exist of us, with all the new sort of anti-aging stuff they can do with, with AI, maybe we can say, well, let's, you know, Toner and Uncle Rina want to have a conversation when we were 30. We didn't know each other when we were 30. <laughs> but I want to see each of us at 30 with our voices changed that way. Or, you know what, I, you know, know a lot about my, you know, uncle. And if I there was a voice map for him and he doesn't speak the way he used to be able to speak, but maybe I could be a stand in for him. And if we know that as I'm speaking, it'll be his voice. And if someone wants to look at me, maybe one of his relatives who hasn't seen him in forever, they can be in the room in that 3D environment hearing him speak to them as if he was a young man, whether it's me, but it's me doing the speaking. And I just think about, again, like there's there's all these emotional triggers. Like you talk about familiar. There's all these very specific and curated, both calming, but yet emotionally kind of agitating things that Apple is really good at doing to make you forget that everyone else just pours on the tech spec talk at these kind of events, right? It goes back to those original days when the iPhone was there and there were these competitive phones and the competitive phones would say things like, we have half of a terabyte of storage and Apple would never say any spec. And then it's, it's been like that for now decades, where now we're having this kind of insane moment with this new XR goggle with an event in Cupertino with all of these marketer slash product manager types 
they're not engineers or they don't come off like that and they come out and they just talk to you kind of sort of in plain English yeah. about all the ways that this hardware is going to make your life better feel better think different all those things that come into play so it got it brings me to my third item which is well what how do you get the masses to be okay with it right well maybe them not bearing down on privacy was good because then companies that do bear down on it make me wonder like well why are they talking so much about privacy is it private or number two um you know they don't come out and and talk about like all the little i mean i guess they do talk about a lot of little gimmicky things i think about it that woman was going on about like stickers and animated stickers for too long they (laughs) they have so much stuff so i think okay well what's the masses what's going to bring it to everyone right call it familiar you make it comfortable you say that it's not going to do anything too crazy. You don't say augmented or, you know, you don't make people No metaverse, no gaming talk. No, but what are the three things that they're going to steer into to bring everybody on sides? The first is going to be gaming. The second is going to be sports. For all technology, there's really three that advance things, right? Gaming, sports, and pornography. And we know Apple's not going to touch that last one. So would their deal with the with soccer? With the it came MLS, up. Their deal with baseball. Their, this idea... That if you want to bring masses to me, it makes it all just click. Because I have a bunch of friends, and all they do is coach little league teams and live and breathe baseball. Dodger fans bleed blue the whole thing, and I think, oh, of course, when they can just pop on the goggles and sit in the living room and all together as if they're at the stadium, pop some popcorn and watch a 3D baseball game, and just call right. it 3D. Don't even have to call it anything else. Just 3D. That's enough to get them to want to do it. I know. And so there's going to be, I think, this. As all the new apps come on, the new games, the new partnerships with gigantic global sports organizations start to fall into play. And then something like Bob Iger walking yes. out Let's from get Disney, there. and I'm going get to get us right there, which is, well, if it's not gaming and it's not sports and it's not porn, well, it's, it's going to be Disney. Right? It's, it's entertainment. Gonna, it's entertainment. Baby. Let's and go. It's going to be the best family-friendly, yes. privacy-focused DI ready everything everything if there was a company to align themselves with Apple in terms of the ethos and their philosophy of child rearing you could probably put Disney and Apple in the same at least compartment for those two things so I mean a couple takeaways I talked about one more thing Tim Cook's moment for Tim Cook to take that one more thing moment and total surprise to everyone Bob Iger taking the stage CEO of Disney nobody saw this coming you you will look back at June 5th in the history books and Tim Cook shared I almost got chills shared his one more thing <laughs> moment with Bob Iger I mean Who, by the way was just like on a beach he was like supposed to be retired ago. he quit he came back why do you think he came back it was to take that one more thing moment and it was to partner with Apple on the IP to bring the imagination of Disney and Steve Jobs's original vision for what technology can bring to humanity. Holy shit. I am like, I, it now makes complete sense to me. I would not be surprised in the next 12 to 18 months if there were a full acquisition of Apple. I'll call it now. I'll make yeah. the call June 8th. I'll call it. I think in the next 12 months, you will see Apple deploy that pile of cash that they are sitting on and buy the world's 
largest collection of intellectual property because the moment you've got Disney, you've got ESPN, you've got all of the sports that come with that. You've got the entire IP catalog to build immersive worlds. That is what Disney does. They do it in their parks. They do it in their movies. They do it with their physical merchandise. They do it with their intellectual property and these characters. And what does Apple need to onboard the masses? Why not start with that? Why not start there? Because now you're you're light years ahead of anybody else touching you to even get close to it. I mean, I'll, I'll call it well, now. I, and, I see and it that's the, And that's the killer app, right? It, it, it's the people want content. They want experience. They want – and that, that comes in the form of storytelling – it comes in the form of reality and reality broadcasting or, or live video. And it comes in the form of, story, of, uh, of sports. And like we said, Bob Iger came out for that one last thing. And you start thinking like, okay. And then, they, oh, then on the heels too, it's like, well, <laughs> anything that doesn't already exist in a Disney park, Apple is just starting it's to go about buy to. <laughs> they're, well, they're, they're just going to go buy it. They're like, what, you know, someone's like, wait, how do they do that cool thing in Super Mario Brothers Universal Ride? Nintendo? That's right. It's called the Mira. AR headset. Does Disney own that? No. Okay, let's go get that. <laughs> because we've we got to scoop up everything Disney doesn't have so that when we go talk to Disney about a partnership, we can just go ahead and get the rest. And in a hardware company matched with a storytelling company, a content company, is that going to be something that the FTC is going to be able to stop? Are, they, are we going to be able to have regulators block something that are is actually, on paper two totally different industries. I think it's going to be hard for them to block that. You know, right. it's, it's, it's easier when it's like, hey, what do you do? Software? Microsoft? Oh, you want to buy this game company software? Oh, wait, hey, hey, hey. Can't do that. You know, oh, you want to buy this player for your sports team from this other sports team? Wait a second, wait a second. But now it's just this two... Hardware company buying a content company? That seems... Like, like you, you make phones, watches, and goggles, and you guys right. like tell stories about Little Mermaid. It's like, that seems like it'd be fun to put together. I can't, it's be hard in the list. It depends on how deep it goes. But then you start thinking about stuff and because, you know, families and whatever these days watching the Little Mermaid, right? And the, the evolution was the Little Mermaid was the last hand-drawn cartoon when it came out but for Disney. Last original style animated with the little I wax paper and the little stuff and everyone peeling the pages and changing the eyes by, by a few frames and the whole thing. And then it moves on into digital and that was sort of a new, the new ground broken, right? Hey, the new AI for, for animating. We don't need a room of 60 guys shading in her dress every half second. We'll just have this computer do it. It'll look three, kind of cool and 3D and rendered. So now we've moved way past that era, right? Because everything now is done on computers, right? It's pretty rare to have things hand-drawn. And now they're saying, well, let, now here's our big disruption. The, the formerly hand-drawn, then digitally drawn story is now a story with real humans, Right now we have Aladdin, the live action show. Now Little Mermaid, live action show. Well, humanity. I feel like you heard I them talk like about humanity. Hum humanity, that term. And so now it's oh, of course. Now we're just going to bring the magic of not only all that animation, yeah. but the magic of the humans and the whole DI they need to be mosaic. And now we're going to put we're going to put them in your living room. And by the way, you get to sing the aerial part because you're wearing the goggles and it waits for you to start. To finish your song before Ursula continues with her lit her lines in perfect you. pitch perfect auto tune coming through my surround Dolby immersive <laughs> sound system. I mean, it, here it goes. I am super super pumped that Apple has now entered the market. This is V one of 
their hardware. I think you saw Mark Zuckerberg take the slap to the face. We talked about this last episode. It slapped harder for me after seeing the thing, seeing the feature set, understanding how they are choosing language, owning the brand, thinking about the IP, thinking about the optic, the ID, the privacy. I mean, this thing is going to own your passwords. It's going to ha- it's how you're going to make purchases. It is going to be your digital persona, your your voice recognition. I mean, it's it's super exciting that they've now entered the market available sounds like early 2024 so i think you'll probably see pre-orders come up around the holidays it'll probably be ready at the beginning of the year which i i think is probably why there was some like hesitation uh or felt like people were worried about rumors because i'm sure they would have rather had the product out before christmas but it doesn't seem like it's going to be um i uh, we need to shift gears it's hard because i think we could spend (laughs) hours on apple apple vision Bob Iger, I'm making a call here, full prediction uh, of an acquisition. So we'll see how that holds up uh, over the next 12 months. But I'll transition into the regulatory markets and I'll stick on Apple for a moment. One of the things that we saw, I don't know if it was like the days before the Apple announcement. It was like just before a little bit of FUD here about we've talked about the Apple partnership with the Goldman Sachs and the new savings account. Uh, We've talked about the importance here of Apple as a as a financial bank uh, as a financial institution and apple pay and how it works but this was uh some fud coming out this was june 2nd so i'm you're right it was like three days before uh some new users struggling to get their money out and i i think it's kind of interesting that in as we started the week so that started off monday today here recording on june 8th uh then we heard the sec swooping in now to sue Binance first, then Coinbase the day after. Uh, you saw Gemini, another exchange, go cold. You couldn't log in. I got a terms of service update from Robinhood, another US-based <laughs> exchange. Goldman Sachs is struggling to get money out of these high-yield staking accounts, call them that. Yeah. Um, and... And let's shift gears uh, to get to the SEC and Gensler. We can spend a little bit of time here. But this is a full court press going after Binance. CZ getting uh, – I don't know if he's got to show up in court. He, maybe he doesn't have to be there in person. But they're going straight for the jugular here, saying these guys are operating at unregulated securities. Yeah, it's – just to, to take that one and then back down, the um... – I, it seems to me like Gensler is making a, his true case is really against CZ and Binance, CZ being the CEO of Binance. Um, there's some rumors that at one point in time he was looking to have a position as an advisor there. And if it didn't work out, there's, you know, we all know that his involvement in the early crypto companies are pretty intimate. And the fact that he's even teaching classes at MIT and of course, you know, being a, familiarly involved with folks being godfathers of girlfriends of people from FTX, et cetera, et cetera. But so it seems to me, it seems odd that obviously Coinbase, who was ordained by the regulators to be the darling exchange to to buy and sell cryptocurrency-related products and offer that to retail investors to have a a stock publicly traded to ring the bell a fanfare 
the riches, and et cetera, et cetera. It seems odd that at this point in time, in 2023, right when the debt ceiling is averted, that you know, the, Gensler and company are going to go after the, the very knights that they knighted not more than three or four years ago, that they, they said you were the guys. So to me, it feels like, well, if you're CZ and Binance, they have a lot of money and they have, you know, lawyers, that if the, the SEC is going to basically go after Binance, but not go after Coinbase, that would look it, sus. Would, it would look, <laughs> to use the word that my kids love, it would look sus. And so it, to me, it feels a little bit like it's a little smoke and mirrors show here. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, what are you talking about? I'm going after everybody. But it's CZ who has to answer they're not asking Brian Armstrong to answer anything. They're going to try to figure out how to get Homeboy from where he lives in Malta. I learned that supposedly he has a residence on like the island of Malta. I was joking with someone saying I thought he lived in the Seychelles. Current That's residential another... address is in the Mediterranean island nation of Malta. It's yes. like it couldn't be more sort of – it has that vibe like, gosh, at any moment of CZ doesn't answer his phone, there's going to be a bunch of submarines and helicopters coming in to go get him. So that sort of – I feel like that to me is a lot of that theater – the, the, we all know the regulatory you know guys are are into that like you can't just go get 1.3 million dollars from Kim Kardashian with not at least shaking down a handful of other bad actors in the celebrity space right and they got Soldier Boy and they got Paul Pierce and they on and on and on and on right you can't just get one you get a bunch so to this in fact seems like hey we got a straw man who's just sort of there in the window to be a silhouette that's called Coinbase but here we're kicking the door down to go get CZ from his real house. Uh, and to comment on one thing you said before, though, about that FUD window, mm. we knew it when we talked mm. last week. He was spreading it, it on was, thick. It's going to be an embargo period. You're leading up to a giant event, Apple's most significant event in decades. Yeah, of course, no one can talk. I know from the simplest of, of industries in, like, for you're releasing a new video game, and if they tell you that the new screenshots and the new videos can't go live till 12.01 Eastern on this day, you better believe everybody cares a lot about that secrecy up until that point. So when Goldman and Apple are locked up in the days leading up to their big event, when Mr. Jamie Dimon knows that no one from Goldman, all of Goldman's horses and all of Saks men and all of Apple's pals <laughs> and Cupertino are just muted, that they come out first and say, this is Morgan Stanley saying it, we are bullish on Apple. We've always loved Apple. We're going to uh, uh, give new advice to the street about a higher valuation of their stock. Gosh, we think the metaverse and, blah, 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 and, the metaverse, and they just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked because they knew that no one could say anything from Goldman. And then to even like further twist in the dagger, then Diamond himself is out there in the article saying, well, gosh, it seems like all these customers of Goldman Sachs' new staking account can't get, their, can't money get their money out. They can't get their money out. They have so all this interest, this 4.8% interest. They're making so much money. You put that into perspective, right? You, you put in 10000 bucks. you're supposed to make 500 bucks on that in interest. Like, that sounds like a lot of money. Oh, but you can't touch it. Can't That's get it out. weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. And so then they went on and they just published all that crazy shit until Monday and they went quiet. That <laughs> so strawberry just, moon fud. There it was. Strawberry <laughs> moon fud. It was glowing so uh, yeah I, I feel like we, we watched it we watched whirlpools suck in all kinds of you know interest and, and all kinds of attention and then the apple event hit and then suddenly it was like now they're back on their feet yeah. and the fun everyone will forget 
that Jimmy Diamond thought that the Goldman Sachs savings account sucked. <laughs> so for a moment, just, that was the only headline. I mean, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. It, it, we're into June now. We, we've got to this pinnacle event, uh, Apple bringing in new hardware, new, new frameworks for economic models, new, a new world where business can operate. <laughs> Right where think where purchases can be made and it it's coming it's now on the horizon all the developers are lining up we're queuing up all of our 3D and AR capabilities to be able to build in this new world for people to be able to purchase in these new environments watch video games shop try on clothing talk to their friends all this stuff is going to happen mm -hmm. what is next here because I think you've got this SEC. Uh, full court press you've got uh brian armstrong on capitol hill again this week from coinbase sort of taking his position you had ryan wyatt from polygon making a very impassioned speech uh to talk about how we need this kind of innovation here in the u.s we need rules for uh for cryptocurrencies and for blockchain technologies to operate this DeFi summer, whatever we want to call meme fi summer that's going to go down here over the next 30 to 60 days as the political climate rises, as Mike Pence enters the, the arena, as the indictment against Trump formulates, as Chris Christie walks into the scene, uh, Pence dominating the CNN airwaves. You had the other town hall with uh, South Carolina, uh, literally just blanked on her name. Uh, oh, um, oh, shoot. It literally I, uh... just blanked on it. Uh, also doing uh, – she's not going to win if we can't – I literally can't remember her name. Um, not Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Yeah, that's who I was going okay. for. Uh, thank you. Uh, it is going to be a very interesting dialogue from the regulatory side, from the, the, the kind of business, the Apples, the Goldmans, the, the uh, Jamie Diamonds of the world. They're all coming in. The political climate it's all shaping up for when's the next like what's the next catalyst to change things if we have been talking about all of this stuff coming to a head over the last year here are, here we are now in june and i'm sort of i'm bullish on what's about to go down but at the same time i'm hearing the uk officially entering a recession i'm hearing you know the war in Ukraine. We 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 talked about that as a macroeconomic still happening. Um, like I just I can't see the next catalyst. I don't know where what's on the horizon. Thirty, sixty, ninety days out. You know, is there is there some other occasion event that we should have our eyes on that's going to move the needle one way or another from an economic perspective, from a markets perspective, from a regulatory perspective. I just or is it going to be a long, drawn-out battle that takes us well into 2024 and into the next election? And we, mm. we sort of churn for the next 12 months. I don't know. I wish I could read the, the tea leaves clearer. Um, but whenever, I, whenever we come up into that, you know, we've just gotten through so many major events. Now we can kind of stop, pause yeah, take a deep breath. breath. It, 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 it's summertime. It's, and it's, it, it's the truth of the, the season, too, right? We're coming through Mother's Day season, Father's Day season, graduation season. Everyone has someone in their family who's now having an in real life graduation, commencement, matriculation ceremony of some kind. It's like we're, we've, this marks, you know, the end of the first school year since pandemic where the entire year, at least in California, Correct. there weren't rules. There weren't vaccine rules. There weren't six I feet said apart that today, rules, actually. Mask rules. Like it was like something I really felt 
emotional about. It's like, wow, we came through a full year. I mean, it wasn't a calendar year, but a school year, academic year, um, where we didn't, weren't affected by this thing that was yet so affecting us just not that long ago. Um, so when it comes to this moment of like, pause, I think about taking a breath and following the money, just watching the money, because right now we're at this, I feel like an interesting, and I'm going to use a word that I don't use very often, <laughs> interesting chiasmus. And it's a literary word where there's two story arcs that are both rising that are sometimes in conflict with each other. But then there's a moment that they're going to intersect in the narrative. And that intersection will be called the chiasmus. And we'll learn something about maybe the partnership that, that ensues, right? What, what's the new storylines can come from that? So I started thinking like, well, God, Mike Pence, he kind of has CNN as his own private stage right now, right? Because other more radical candidates don't want to go to traditional platforms. But Mike Pence is about as CNN as it gets, right? It's pretty buttoned up. But then it's like, well, over here on Twitter, we got all these people who refuse to bow to the woke media. So DeSantis will have his moment. But not to be outdone, hey, I'm a Kennedy, and I love Bitcoin. So here comes old Bitcoin Bobby. He's going to show up. He'll get on Twitter. And then we're going to see candidates sort of align themselves with distribution and media platforms. The channels. There'll be money flowing in to and from those channels. And then I think, guys, that that's far, much of a stretch that a guy like Jamie Dimon couldn't be tapped to be somebody's vice president. You know, he, he came out just after the vote to end, to, to solve the debt crisis, or I should say, kick it forward to 2025 say get away get rid of it yeah maybe we shouldn't even have this thing called the debt ceiling it's like wow he seems like he knows a lot about like this guy economy i like him (laughs) is is it gonna be a pence diamond 2024 ticket i mean who knows so i think for me what i'm looking for now is i feel like the, the the positions have been played right people have been putting out their bets the roulette wheel is going to start to spin, spin it, baby. Certain things are starting to happen. <laughs> but I have a feeling that Bob Iger surprising everybody with Tim Cook on stage isn't the first. It, it will. It was the first, but it will not be the last time that we're going to see some of these these celebrity type CEO slash leaders and other businesses suddenly bringing themselves into arenas they're not normally in. You know, Bob Iger into hardware, for example, or Jamie Dimon into politics. Who knows? I feel like we're going to see a lot of people trading hats as we go through the summer i will leave it there sir we will do it again next week uh thank you very much we'll talk to you have a great weekend man talk to you next week that's all the time we have for off the record on the rocks join us next week for news and all things crypto bring up the house lights it's last call 